0: The message tonight is entitled, What About a One World Order? The Bible teaches there's going to be a one world order. What a coincidence the way the world is thinking today. The present global mindset of a one world order is alive and well. And in preparation for the coming ruler of the Antichrist, as we have already studied the Antichrist, um, this will give you a... a greater insight into the very clear preparations that are going on. It is a mindset of acceptance and tolerance that is um, in no way discriminating against anyone or anything. Everything's put on equal value and importance, as you know, except for those who hold an absolute objective or moral standard. They're the obstructionists. If you believe in right and wrong, then you are intolerant, you're a bigot, you're a hypocrite. That's the standard of our nation and the world today. Uh, This includes culture, lifestyle, beliefs under the, the, the philosophy of relativism. There is no absolute right or wrong. It all depends on the individual. It's subjective, from objective truth to subjective reasoning. The book of Judges marks this philosophy that causes corruption and confusion Casting got away. Every man is doing what's right in their own eyes in Judges twenty-one twenty-five, 25 That's what's going on today. Anarchy has fully started 10 years ago in our nation. Make no mistake of that. It's just getting worse and worse. Law does not count. No one goes to jail except the obstructionists, except those who are law-abiding, those who demand justice. Such a philosophy is um, very offensive to God and very destructive to a person and a nation. And God warns us about that throughout the scriptures. So what I want to do is give you some of the things that have gone on from the beginning of the fall. We're going to touch that. And then some of the things in the last 40 to 50 years that are going on in our nation as well as the world regarding the global one world mindset. It's been going on. Some of the beginnings we'll see in many things are very, very clear and very dangerous today. Let me, let's begin by looking at the idea of a one world government and realize that it is nothing new. The Tower of Babel, as you know, in Genesis chapter 11, verse four through six, was an attempt to um, unite humanity to build a world after their own order, apart from God, to make a name for themselves, it tells us. It says, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is up to heaven. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad from the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. They disobeyed God. Rather than scattering, they began to build a way to heaven, a religious um, uh, philosophy and schooling. Man is a rebel. He doesn't want to be under God's order. The cause behind um, was the fall. From the original intent of God's creation in the image and likeness of God. So then Adam had children after his own likeness. In Genesis 6 5, it says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of the heart of man were only evil continually. Now, this one world mindset is seen all around us. The changing of the name of our era from our present era AD. To C.D. is one of the obvious unifying factors in our day. Not so much to us who are old school, but all of you who are young and you go to school and universities and you work out there in the world, it is very, very evident. Um, since the time of the birth of Jesus, the era has been called A.D., representing a specified year of the Christian era. Medieval Latin "anno" in the year. And domini, a genitive of dominus, Lord, or the year of the Lord. Now it is called CE, the common era. The revisionists demand all evidence of Jesus to be erased from even our lexicon. A release from the United Nations World Affair Council on January the 30th, 1976 declared, and I'm quoting, Two centuries ago, our forefathers brought forth a new nation, Now we must join with others to bring forth a new world order. Now the president declared the new world order was Bush Senior. When you began to fly, he's the one that instituted and initiated the One World Order, okay? For the United States. To establish New World Order, it is essentially said that mankind free itself from limitations of listen. National prejudice. Interesting. The Secretary General of Habitat, too, at one of their forums, attempted to lay the groundwork for the New World Order. Predicted that there would be, quote, a new beginning of the request to implement the actions called for at the unprecedented continuum of global conferences that have marked the closing decade of this century, indicating 1990 to 2000. I'm going to give you some of those world conferences. The political and politicians of our day are right in step. September 1995, Michael Gorbachev, uh, Mikhail Gorbachev and many politicians, futurologists, and new agers took a giant step closer to global dictatorship as they met on the 20th of September in the Fairmont Hotel, which was billed as the state of the world formed towards the new civilization. President Clinton recently referred to it as a global village back then. Previously, it was hailed as the new world order by former President George Bush. In many of his speeches, he's the one that initiated Jim Harrison, executive director of the uh, Gorbachev Foundation, made a very revealing statement in in the May 31st issue of um, San Francisco Weekly, a far-left San Francisco newspaper, and I'm quoting, over the next 20 to 30 years, we are going to end up with the world government. It's inevitable. Wow. Wow. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton then turned the state of Arizona, as you know, in the year 2000 to the United Human Rights Council for her stance on immigration while they ignored those of Communist Cuba and many others in 2010. So we can see that the idea of one world government is nothing new. We begin in Genesis, the Tower of Babel. We, I just brought you up to, to um, uh, the present, the recent present of the Mindset the language and everything. Now, the most recent preparations for the one world government are interesting. The UN, the United Nothings, has uh, scheduled classes for a clear vision consisting in the three E's. Environment that focuses on the creation rather than the creator. Economics that focuses on the World Bank. And equality that focuses on putting everything on an equal level, a contradiction of the very word diversity. Diversity means different, not the same. Listen to First Thessalonians 5 3. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. The indoctrination is supported by politicians and educators and many others. Vice President Al Gore, back then, he said, quote, we must make the rescue of the environment, the central organization principles for civilization. It means uh, embarking on an all-out effort to use every policy and program, every law and institution, every treaty and alliance to halt the destruction of the environment. What a hypocrite. He's gotten so wealthy and he's the greatest polluter of anybody in the world. The environmental movement is the biggest sham and lie whose goal is to take freedom from people and break them financially. I hope you're voting at the end of this beginning of next month. Let me give you a real easy lesson on voting. Ready? Every every um thing that, that that's uh let 's keep the word right now it 's a tax every bond every bond is a tax no a bond is a tax on you all right don 't worry what they say if it 's a bond it 's a tax all right real simple. these guys are clever regarding wickedness now. The director general of Inesco said the following, quote, Citizens of the next century, listen carefully, is learning to live together. The city of the 21st century will be a city of social uh, solidarity. We have to redefine the world, the word, and write a new social contract. This would be to seek, quote, quote, Consensus and find a common ground declaring their official declaration of principles on tolerance, which is the appreciation for the world's religions and lifestyles without rejection of absolutism and dogmatism. That means absolute right and wrong. Morals, ethics, standards. They sound smart, don't they? So, faith in the absolute sense as taught by the Bible would be intolerant. Hillary Clinton's book, It Takes a Village, clearly shows the partnership mentality by educators, school psychologists, labor leaders, social workers, and other stakeholders in your child's socialization to usurp the right to parents to guide their children to Christian maturity, even. Homeschoolers are targeted for the transformation. It's amazing. These groups will be t- trained to communicate the right facts in the right way to the right people at the right time, as we'll see. North Carolina School Superintendent Dr. Jim Cosby told educators uh, at an international model School conference in Atlanta, and I am quoting. We have actually been given a course in how not to tell the truth. How many of you are administrators? You've had th- that course in public relations where you learn to put the best spin on things. This is back in the 90s, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? You see it completely in the in the newscasters, you see it in the educational, you see it everywhere. The establishment of a global paradigm can only be done by abolishing the old biblical standard and worldview. Young and old must learn to synthesize truth with myth till Christianity is lost. Their target is Christianity. Christianity is what holds things up. The obstructionists. The curriculum called the whole people of God, distributed by Osberg Publishing's house, used by thousands of congregations coast to coast in mainline denominations, was full of politically correct ideology. A woman named Rachel declares, I'm quoting, it tells our children that it is wrong to be missionaries but right to blend Christianity with Native American spirituality. Our children learn they are guilty simply because they are part of a culture that taught others to trust Jesus Christ. Under the American dream, April 24, 2012, the U.N., was proposing a global carbon tax scheme that would come to us uh, much as uh, 0.6% of of GDP for participating nations. The following comes directly from the report. The report also envisions the transfer of trillions of dollars a year from wealthy countries to poor countries. Now we saw that through Obama. The UN fleece feels that this is necessary for a couple of reasons. First of all, the UN says that developing nations do not have the resources to pay for the green infrastructure that is needed to participate in the uh, the new green economy, and therefore wealthier nations should pay for it. Really. Secondly, the UN believes that massive global wealth distribution is needed in order to bring about global equality. The U.N. reports also speaks of a social protection floor. So now instead of just supporting tens of millions of Americans that are relying on the uh, safety net, U.S. taxpayers will also be expected to contribute to a global safety net that hundreds of millions of people could end up relying on. They were on board, they were on track, they was a full speed ahead, then a monkey wrench was thrown in in their plans when God allowed Trump to be president. And everything came to a halt. And they cried like little girls. What are they gonna do when it gets reelected again? These are some of the preparations for the one world order. Now, we're looking at it from the biblical perspective. I'm giving the evidence of what's going on in the world. The revelation is God's. There's going to be a one world order. We see it all around us. The world conferences held in the decade of the 90s. Let me give you some of them. You'll blow your mind. The Earth Summit in Rio, the Janeiro, in 1992, the Conference Pseudo-Spirituality of Pantheism, which was being taught to our children in public schools as well as that nationalistic capitalism is the cause of it. Blaming capitalism, right? Jim Carrey, right? He says, let socialism come, embrace it. Really? He's a Canadian. He don't mind capitalism here to get rich, right? Why didn't he stay in Canada? Interesting. Hypocrites. This was blended with pseudoscience to clean up the environment, which would obligate the U.S. to pay billions of dollars to clean up the planet. The Human Rights Conference of Vienna, 1993. The conference was an effort to build on the U.N. Declaration of Human Rights. The U.N. Declaration of Human Rights, Article 2, reads as follows, The right and freedoms may in no case be exercised contrary to the purpose and principles of the United Nations. Compare this to Thomas Jefferson's statement that man is endowed by his creator with inalienable rights. Big difference. One speaks of freedom, the other one speaks of bondage. The UN Convention on the Rights of the Child, for example, has planted within its many admirable goals, some provisions which, if strictly interpreted, give children the right to determine their own sexuality autonomously from their parents, the rights to watch any entertainment, refuse religious instruction. That's the 90s. It's already happening. It happened 10 years ago. You know you can go right now, grab your birth certificate, and you can go down, and even though you're a man, you can say you're, you're a woman, and if you're a man, you're, you're, your name is... is, is is, is it male? You can change it to the female right now? You can change your birth certificate. Wow. The population conference at Cairo 1994. The premise was that the world is racked by overpopulation, which is causing starvation. Interesting. The solution suggests' we're universal access to abortion and protective birth control and a huge transfer of money from the developed nations managed by the UN. The premise was incorrect for the highest population density on the earth. Then was Singapore, and nobody was starving. The lower population density, on the other hand, were in the areas where starvation was rampant. Lies, manipulations. The world population in The year 2017, 2017, was 7.53 billion people. If you took the state of Texas and just one more state, any state, you would have sufficient room for every person in the world with a huge house and a huge yard, maybe an eighth to maybe a quarter, even a half an acre. Where's the overpopulation? The problem is not too many people, but the unwillingness to produce sufficient food and a desire to control the masses. One put it this way, quote, this is one of the oldest tricks in political strategy, crisis management. Where did we hear that before? Obama and his right-hand man in Chicago. Government creates the problem in order that people will accept the government solution to the problem. Obama was a master at this in Fish Head Emmanuel. The Conference on Rights of Women at Beijing, remember that? 1995, men were portrayed as villains. Patriarchal and lesbian rights were promoted. One of the workshops, all women joined hands in prayer to Mother Earth, which mocked Orthodox Christian belief. The Habitat 2 conference in Istanbul, 1996. The summit laid out the pseudo-economics. The premise was that third world countries were so due to their exploitation by the United States and other Western nations as Obama declared for eight years and apologized for us. Long coming. The concept of Sustainable development, which means that the United States might have limits, caps on its gross national product, determine, determining a formula dictating how much each person really needs to sustain himself. Remember Obama said this is the new normal. Retire early. There's no jobs for you college graduates. Wow, first year he was gone, the market did 20% to 30%. But, of course, it's because of him that it happened. Interesting. The objective of all these conferences is to control the masses through the government solutions. The Bible tells us this, ladies and gentlemen, very, very clearly. The theory of overpopulation, again, is a perfect example. Jacques Cousteau, then said we needed to eliminate 350,000 people every day. Can you imagine if you and I said that? They would put me so deep in the jail, they have to pump sunlight to me. The shortage is not due to the lack of technology, but the lack of willingness to teach others to feed themselves. You control people. People are... Starving in the world, but not because God has not provided the resources but man 's greed and desire to control. These are some of the ways they are controlling population today. Listen carefully. Infanticide or abortions in the conference of China was for women right when women have no rights to bear more than one child. This is 1995. We have aborted. Listen carefully. 60 million babies in America since Roe vs. Wade in 1973 to January 2018. Do you know what that is? That's equivalent to killing every person in Italy today, right now. In the majority of the countries, under 60 million population. Wow. You think God's wrath is going to come on America? I think so. Euthanasia is based on the quality of life philosophy that one has the right to end one's life or be assisted like Dr. Kevorkian, right? This um, has been going on in Europe for many, many years. Nothing new. The problem is sooner or later when you go to the hospital, um, who determines that? At first, right now, you think you determine it, but sooner or later, they're going to determine, especially for organ donations or anything else, Right? And if you have limited resources, of course, if you're young, you can produce, you're fine. But if you're old, then, you know, why waste our resources on you? It's real simple. Nothing new. Euthanasia is considered compassionate in Europe. Because they don't want to waste their resources. Teens' deaths are on the rise and have been for years. 300% in the last 30 years that was a statement in September 19, 1985. From 55 to 85. Wow. This includes suicides, gang deaths, drug abuse, sexual transmitted diseases, etc. Now, suicide in 2016 rose to a 30 year high in every age group except older adults. Why? Because we're not stupid. We know who we are. We know God created us. We don't believe all the indoctrination. The steep rises in women and also middle-aged Americans, yet the rate had been falling since 1950. You think it has to do with the indoctrination of our universities and the media and everything else? and the um, liberal theologians over the pulpits of America. Romans tells us that um, they worship the creature more than creator, which is blessed forevermore. And the judgment they receive, they deserve. Romans chapter 1. Read it very carefully. These are the world conferences held in the decade of the 90s. While everybody was asleep. The commitment of the United States to a one-world order includes its military. The United States of America turned over her soldiers to the command of the United Nations. In December 22, 1994, the body of U.S. Army helicopter pilot David Heilman was returned from North Korea. When he was shot down, when he veered off course, his coffin was draped not in old glory, the American flag, but in the flag of the United Nations. 94. At the funeral of 14 U.S. servicemen killed in a tragic, friendly fire, accident in Iraq in 1994, Al Gore stated, and I'm quoting him, I would like to extend my condolences to the families of those who died in service to the United Nations the facts of what took place in our military is incredible in july 20th 1992 in an article entitled the birth of the global nation which was a straightforward plea for one world government stroby talbot Deputy Secretary of the State said, and I'm quoting, I'll bet that within the next hundred years, nationhood as we know it will be obsolete. All states will recognize a single global authority. He was President Clinton's college roommate. In only one fiscal year, 1993 to 94. Then-President Clinton shrank the U.S. Army from 790,000 to 570,000 troops, a cut of four divisions, cut the Navy by 100 ships, including a full cruiser battle group and two carrier air wings, cut the Air Force by eight tactical fighter wings, cut the Army reserves by 28 percent. These were considerably more than President Bush had recommended and not explainable by the end of the Cold War, defense analyst Lauren Thompson of Georgetown University claimed, quote, U.S. defense capabilities are dropping like a rock. That was 93-94. The shrinkage of U.S. capability mirrored the growth of the U.N. Blue Helmets forces. The U.N. Army grew by 800% from 10,000 troops to 80,000 troops in 1988 to 1993. In November 1993, President Clinton invited Secretary General Butros uh, Ghali to review the corps of cadets at West Point, an honor normally reserved only for the U.S. Commander-in-Chief. Over the objections of General Colin Powell, then Chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff, President Clinton in 1993 signed two presidential decision uh, directives, PDD 13 and 25, which put U.S. troops under foreign U.N. commanders and took away the right to refuse orders which American field commanders deemed unwarranted or incompetent. Since then, U.S. troops have served under commanders from several nations in U.N. peacekeeping operations. 1996, Army Corporal Michael New was court-martialed and discharged for refusing to don the blue uniform of the U.N. New claims uh, his oath of allegiance was to U.S. Constitution, not the U.N. Charter. After Obama's eight years of gutting our military, the military leader said in 2018, the Army is outraged, outgrown, outgunned, outdated, with only three of 58 brigade combat teams ready to fight tonight. The Navy is the smallest and least ready it has been in modern times, fewer than half the Navy's Aircraft can fly because so many are grounded for maintenance or because they lack spare parts. The Air Force is the oldest and smallest it has ever been, and less than half of its combat forces are sufficiently ready to fight tonight. That was just 2008 to, 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 uh, to 2016. 2008 to 2016, those eight years. The Marine Corps is insufficient man, trained and equipped across depths of the force. Now, thank God we are where we are right now, but for eight years at the most. In 1995, the UN was criticized by Reader's Digest for wasteful um, extravagant spending Then the U.N. itself admitted that one, that no, not only was inefficiency a problem, but that it did not have the money to operate. Where's all that money? The solution was to get World Bank loans. The other more compelling was to institute a world tax through um, Though at the World Summit in March of 1995, the response of American leaders was publicly negative, it is believed the tax will come, and it's coming. They'll keep pushing it. Trump has denied everything, rejected everything, and that's where he's their problem. At the highest level, World Summit, attended by Hillary Clinton and others, the plans for imposing a global tax emerged. Many things were considered. Few... Was fossil fuels and non uh, renewable energy was one which could generate 66 billion per year, up to 300 billion. The greatest irony is that by 1995, US taxpayer had already paid the UN 30 billion dollars since 1945, funding a quarter of its budget. The Antichrist is going to be a military genius, by the way. Daniel 8.24 says in Revelation 13.4. He's going to be a religious guru, economic wizard, and he's going to bring such wrath upon this world. Everything's being set up for him. Then there was President Obama, who was and is committed to the one world order by spreading the wealth of hard-working Americans in cap-and-trade, the lazy, entitled people of our nation and the nations that hate us and want us to pay reparations. The goal of Copenhagen Treaty of 2010 was to erect an international cap-and-trade regime to curb carbon dioxide, CO2 emissions, set to be responsible for man-made global warming. British Prime Minister Gordon Brown warned of the climate catastrophe, a rising wave of floods, droughts, shrinking floods, crops, unless the treaty is signed. Mr. Brown even said global warming would inflict more damage than both world wars and the Great Depression combined, and the world has only several weeks to save itself from impending doom. Nothing happened. Obama failed at Copenhagen. The lies and distortions of global warming have been exposed over and over again. The commitment of the United States to the world world order includes its military. Now, let me give you the lie of multiculturalism as a Trojan horse to America. Their emphasis is on your race, culture, and language to give you a sense of importance. But in reality, it is to divide you and conquer you. America has always been a melting pot, as you know, of all nationalities. Though they might maintain their language and their cultural identity, but they have always come to this land wanting to be Americans. Not anymore. Today, the emphasis is to have you focus on your national identity to limit you and to, um, as opposed to want to be American. A different mindset. People who do not learn English will not get the best jobs. People who are bilingually taught in schools, cost is double. I came from Mexico, I learned English. When you don't get taught proper English, you're not gonna get the better jobs, you're not gonna get the better education. It caters to the cultures to control, not to liberate, ladies and gentlemen, The result is that rather than uniting the students, it separates them further apart as Americans and in learning to be patriotic. The nation of America has forgotten Theodore Roosevelt's view of nationalism. Listen, he said this. On national bilingualism, he stated, this is Theodore Roosevelt." Listen carefully, I'm quoting. We believe that English and no other language is that in which all the school exercises should be conducted. That's old school. Old America. They profess that all cultures have equal value and no one has the right to criticize the other. The concept sounds good, Until you examine the cultures that are pointed to in their positive qualities while ignoring and omitting, distorting, or hiding their negative qualities. So, if I present you the Aztec culture where they would cut a heart out of a person while they're alive, that has equal value as Christianity? It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And if I say that is uncivilized, then I'm a bigot. I'm self-righteous. I'm a racist. Hmm. The concept is a contradiction in itself. For if all Western civilization is bad, why have all the people of the world wanted to come to the United States And once they have arrived, they have prospered and thrived. Not only that, but where and by whom were the many advances in technology, science, and many other things made, not by these minority groups they are exalting, but by those who came and got educated. The whole idea... And goal is to bring about tolerance so that all absolute objective right and wrong that is proclaimed by Christianity or conservative individuals be done away with and condemned as bigot and wrong. Listen to Isaiah 5.20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light, light for darkness, who bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Once again, this global mindset, God has said it's gonna happen. I'm just giving you the evidence that is present in our day. How can you put the culture of the Aztec as I said it on the same level of a moral person, an educated person? The whole goal is to destroy Western civilization and to take us back and be more pagan, more uncivilized. Simple. Look at our society. You been on the freeway lately? People think the diamond lane is a passing lane. The only culture that can and is criticized and condemned is Christianity for her morals and ethical standards. The polit- politically correct agenda is not to offend anyone so they are redefining and renaming everything. The use of the word diversity is a contradiction, as I said, on every level. The word diversity simply is a non-equal, teaching distinction and difference. So they redefine it. The phrase is used for sexual preference or same-sex marriages. Yet all we have to do is examine the cultures and history who have tolerated and permitted such lifestyles to exist, only to see the destruction that results. Would anyone be willing to say that the culture of the Ku Klux Klan has equal value to our society uh, or the African countries that mutilate women sexually through female circumcision? I don't think so. The philosophy, as long as it doesn't affect me, is foolish, stupid. What you do will affect somebody else, and if people do it enough, it'll affect everybody sooner or later. The Christian history reveals character and contributions to society and the world, ladies and gentlemen. Prior to Christianity, there were no hospitals. The first great hospitals were built by St. Basil. Of Caesarea in the year 370. The university began to emerge in the 12th century and multiplied in the 13th century through Christianity. The power of patria Potestas, which gave the father the right of absolute power over the family of life and death, was established by Emperor Valentinian I in 374 AD. Due to Christian influence, it was done away. Wow. Christianity has elevated the rights and the living conditions of women everywhere has gone as an equal before God, helping meet and complete her husband. Christianity has always civilized civilizations, introducing a higher moral standard in respect of all life. Don't get caught up. In all this deception, as they focus on your race, culture, and your sex, you're a Christian first. You live in this world, but not of the world. You make sure you put on the mind of Christ. You make sure you know the Word of God. Parents, your children need you. Your children need you to know the Word of God. Your children need you to be there to stand up for them at these schools. Remember you're a Christian first. Then by God's grace, he's allowed me to live in America. Remember, we cannot stop what is happening. It is prophecy and action, but we certainly can avoid from being sucked in and deceived and being part of it. The lie of multiculturalists is a Trojan horse in America. You know, the great nations of the world have existed for hundreds and thousands of years. Yet all of them came to an end. Regardless of the length of their rule, they all seem to go through the same cycles. Whether it be Babylon, the head of gold, meat Persia, the arms of silver, whether it be Greece, the belly of, of brass, whether it be Rome, the two legs of iron, or the last empire, the ten-nation confederacy. And they all go through certain cycles. Let me repeat them for you here. From bondage to spiritual faith. Stop and think of how this nation was born. Bondage to the king, to spiritual faith. The pilgrims came here. Now, your redacted historians tell you that the pilgrims came and abused the Indians. The Indians were so nice. What a lie. We don't have Christopher Columbus Day. Now it's Indigenous People Day. Oh, okay. So from bondage to spiritual faith, from spiritual faith to great courage, from great courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to selfishness, from selfishness to complacency, from complacency to apathy, and from apathy to dependency, and from dependency to bondage. We're in this last stage as a nation. Some nations last longer than others. But they all go through the same cycles, ladies and gentlemen. Read your Bible. Read it very carefully. Our nation is no different. And so you need to know God's word. You need to know how to make judgments. You need to understand that what you're seeing around you is prophecy being fulfilled incredibly today. And you need to be there for your children. I can't express that enough for all you parents, grandparents. And that you teach your children the word of God so they know the difference. And they can stand if God should tarry. And he takes us home. Because they're the church of tomorrow. And so may God give us wisdom. Um, so the whole concept of what about a one world order? It's here. It's well and alive. It's moving forward. But it isn't the world's idea God declared it. He knows the end from the beginning. God revealed it to us. He revealed the heart of man. As it began in the Tower of Babel, it'll end up in the same way. Babylon is judged. Revelation 17 and 18. Babylon is the second city mentioned to the first, Jerusalem. Babylon's always evil, against God, idolatrous, self-serving, self-will, destructive. And so we're to come out of her and look to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your grace, your love, and goodness. We thank you for tonight. And, Lord, we pray that you would just deal with our hearts as we uh, live in this world and as we hear and see the things that go on. Only realizing, Lord, that you're on the throne and that you have told us of these things before they happen. So when they happen, we know that you are God. And so we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your love, your grace. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for just ministering to our hearts. As you're praying, if if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God has brought you here to be saved, to repent of your sins. Maybe you're out there on the Internet watching or somewhere out there in the world listening. You may be in Russia, you may be in Japan, you may be out in Tonga, wherever you are. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, listen carefully. Jesus Christ, who is the second person of the Trinity, who is God, the Son of God, left His throne, took on flesh, walked this earth for 33 years, died for your sins, tasted death for you, and He paid the price for your sin. And if you believe that He is the Messiah of God, Who died for you you can call upon him and he will forgive you of your sins give you a new heart a new nature and make you a child of God and he will never ever mention your sins again by grace through faith that not of yourself it's the gift of God and so wherever you may be right now here the internet or the world simple prayer repentance acknowledging who Jesus is and that he died and he made the only way for you to be forgiven and redeemed. It's a simple prayer of repentance. This is your prayer if you want to be born again. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me, Lord, for all my sins. Give me a brand new heart. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. I accept you as my Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.